just do it. I think a lot of people are scared. And if you have the right property manager helping you along the way, it's really, really not that bad. As a loyal Best Ever listener, you know that it's important that we as entrepreneurs focus on managing our time effectively, which is why we're always looking for ways to automate the basic duties of our business so that we can focus more time on our money-making activities. That's why I want to introduce you to Rentler.com. At Rentler, landlords and property managers can perform all their duties in one place. Rentler offers tools that allow you to automate tasks like listing a unit for rent, finding and screening tenants, collecting rent, and managing the maintenance requests. And even better, these tools are offered at zero cost to you. Go to tryrentler.com forward slash best ever. That's T-R-Y-R-E-N-T-L-E-R.com forward slash best ever to get started today. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Michelle Ketchum. How you doing, Michelle? Hey, Joe. Doing well. How are you? Oh, good. I'm glad you're doing well. I'm doing well as well. A little bit about Michelle. She is the owner and broker in charge of Acorn and Oak Property Management, and she's been a managing partner of Acorn and Oak Triad. She has been an active property manager and realtor since 2009, and her company does property management throughout North Carolina and is also a leading brokerage in the area based in Durham, North Carolina. And you can say hi to Michelle at her website, which is in the show notes link. So with that being said, Michelle, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Absolutely. Michelle Ketchum, owner of Acorn and Oak Property Management down here in Durham, North Carolina. We've been in business since 2013, so just celebrated our five-year anniversary here in the Triangle. Congrats. Thank you. Really amazing growth since the beginning. We're currently managing just over a thousand properties in the Triangle area and just having a really good time doing it. We focus on mid to high end rental properties. So that's anything from a single family home to townhomes to our largest client owns about 90 units in Durham. So everything in between. Mm -hmm. 90 units. Is that apartment community or is it that person have 90 single family homes spread out? It's some small multifamily complexes. So okay. like 14 units here, 20 units there. So they're kind of all in the same neighborhood, but just split up a little bit. Got it. So in the case of the 20 unit, that would be a 20 unit apartment building or 20 single family homes around each other? Well, this particular client, that would be a 20 unit apartment building, but we do have some folks that own 20 to 30 single family homes. There's a pretty good market down in this area for student housing. So we work with a lot of those landlords too that are running out big homes to UNC Chapel Hill students and some Duke students and things like that. Okay. I'd love to dig into some of the intricacies of managing 20 units versus student housing versus single families. But first, before we start recording, you said you're doing some research on the show and you took issue to my no fluff approach. Can you elaborate on that? (laughs) I did. I've been listening to quite a few of your podcasts, and I know that it's your signature line to say, no fluff. And I'm a pretty fluffy person. <laughs> I mean, I'm not girly, but I do bring a hands-on heart-led approach to property management, which I think has really been the key to this company's success, is the fact that we are compassionate. We 
try to do the right thing, not only for our clients that own the property, but for the tenants that are in place. We really want it to be a win-win-win, the third win being for us, the property managers. But anyway, so I was a little nervous about not being maybe as, as hardcore as <laughs> what you're used to. <laughs> well, but well, fluff isn't always bad. Fair enough. I agree to that. Fluff isn't always bad. From a compassionate standpoint, how does that come to fruition as a manager that would be different from perhaps another company that's managing properties? When I started Acorn and Oak, one of the very first things I did was just research on other property management companies in the area. I mean, that's a good place to start when you're starting a new business. What's the competition doing? What are they lacking? And what I saw time and time again were complaints actually both from the clients of the property managers, but also a lot of tenant complaints just that they weren't being treated very fair. They were going weeks on end without any communication for different maintenance requests. They were dinged a lot from security deposits just because, and I really took that to heart. And I would say almost everyone out there has been a renter and a lot of us still are. And I just really wanted to bring this philosophy that everybody matters to my business. So some things that we do are, for instance, a lot of times property managers will charge a non-refundable pet fee. And we're all dog owners at Acorn and Oak. So it was really important to me to just kind of not do that anymore. You can collect an extra deposit, which will basically do the same thing as a fee would do. Rectify any damage if there is any damage done by the pet. Mm -hmm. But just things like that where we're not nickel and diming tenants just because we can. Mm -hmm. And really just giving them nice places to live, treating them fairly, and just really making it an experience about them as the customer and really thinking about them as the customer and then property as the product and the property manager and the client as kind of the business owner. Mm-hmm. You always want to make sure your customers are happy. So we just really led with that approach and it has absolutely helped and made us one of the best companies in the area to rent from. We have tenants that specifically land on our website and have heard great things about us and they're like, we're renting from you. It just depends on when the right house comes up, but we are renting from your company. So it really does matter. Oh, yeah. Creating a property management brand is not something a lot of property management companies do that to the extent where people are requesting to live at their properties. That's not very typical. What are some other tactical things? Because I'm going to admit that when I heard you say compassionate, I immediately... My first thought was, so her company will let it slide if a resident is late on the rent, and then that's going to hurt my bottom line. Selfishly, that's just what I immediately thought. So one, can you address that? And then two, um, just some other tactical things that you all do that other management companies might not do. Sure. Specifically for late rent. So it's our policy that if somebody is late, for the very first time, we'll waive their fee and reduce it from whatever it was down to a dollar. So it's still on our record that they paid late, but we've reduced it and they get one freebie. And then it really just depends. You know, there's tenants of ours that have rented for years and years and years, and maybe they had a late payment their first year and now it's year four and they've been great tenants, but guess what? They're people and life's happened and their car broke down or kid had to go to the hospital and they've had some emergencies come up. So We don't necessarily just automatically waive that fee, but 
we think about it and we talk to our clients and of course if they're troublemakers you know we're not going to just keep waiving fee after fee we're going to charge those fees and potentially not renew if it becomes a real problem mm -hmm. um, but for those people that have been great and they've just had a situation come up in life we're going to be compassionate about those things but at the same time we can play hardball when needed for sure and we're not going to let people just take advantage of us from a fair housing law standpoint how do you walk that line of doing it on a case-by-case -case versus just uniform regardless of what the situation is i just educate me on that part will you yeah that's really important. That's why we do allow it one time. We do make note of it. It's not based on anything else except that's just our policy for the first time. And then after that, it gets into, again, just really, we have those conversations with the clients too. It's not like we're just making the decision for them on if we should waive it, but we're giving them the option. And at the end of the day, it's their money. So they really have the ultimate say on if they want to waive it or not. Mm-hmm. So some other tactical things, you mentioned instead of a non-refundable pet fee, you have a refundable pet fee, correct? So what are some perhaps other tactical things that you all do? Some other ways that we make it tenant friendly and still, again, with any of these ideas, they always have the owner's bottom line in mind. So sure. going back to the pet, pet fee versus deposit, we still are protecting the owner's investment. And usually what we do when we do the deposits is we'll do something higher. So you'll see a lot of times where it's a maybe a non-refundable $250 pet fee. And so what we'll do is we'll charge a four to $500 refundable pet fee. So we're charging more, but that tenant, they have the chance to get all of that back if their cat just lays around like a pillow and doesn't do anything, mess up the house. So again, we're keeping the owner's bottom line in mind always. But another thing that we do too is we don't make it easy for a tenant to break the lease, but we also don't make it completely financially horrible for them to have to do so. We live in a really transitional area where there's a lot of professional people. They're getting promoted. They're getting, well, sometimes they're getting fired or being laid off. And we don't want them to have to stay in a lease they can't afford. Or again, if they're job promoted them, they've got a great opportunity to move away. You know, we don't want to make them pay two, three, four months rent to break a lease or a huge termination fee. So what we do is we give them the option of advertising the property on their own, finding a tenant to take over their lease, and they have to pay rent, obviously, through that term until the day before the new lease starts. They're also required to have the property professionally cleaned, but that's it. So they can get away with it for almost the cost of a house cleaning and mm -hmm. a little bit of their time. For the busy professional, we do offer a service where they can pay us and we'll re-advertise for them and really just do our best to find someone to take over that lease. And a lot of times the owner of the property, they don't skip a beat, right? They've got rent coming through. They had the tenant pay for the professional cleaning and anything that needed to be done during the turnover. The tenant wasn't paying an arm and a leg to break their lease. So it just makes it a little, I think, fair and, mm -hmm. and a little bit more flexible to rent with us. We also really do a lot of nice things for our tenants throughout the lease. When they move in, they get this awesome welcome box that's like beautifully handcrafted with a card from us. It's got everything from a level to a magic eraser, coupons to local businesses, has a roll of toilet paper, and just like a little welcome box saying, hey, 
We're happy to have you here. We're going to treat you well while you're here. Welcome to your new house. We do monthly gift card drawings every month for tenants that pay rent on time. So we just don't always approach it as ding, ding, ding. We're going to ding you with a late fee. We're going to ding you with an early termination fee. It's Mm -hmm. like, let's support you if you're doing what you're supposed to do. So we do monthly drawings every month for tenants that pay rent on time. We do renewal gifts and we actually have a tenant appreciation happy hour thing coming up next month where we're having all these raffles and just having them stop by our office for ice cream and beer yum sign me if up they're, if they're uh, if they're of age if they're of, if, age, of course course. obviously with the <laughs> with the monthly gift card drawings how much is that gift card worth and how many gift cards are given out every month we do two right now but as we continue to grow we're probably going to need to up that but we do two twenty dollar gift cards to a local business so we don't generally give out gift cards to chain restaurants or anything like that we're, we're trying to support what our local restaurants and shops and everything there. They also get a really awesome Acorn and Oak t-shirt. So it's about a $30 value. But hey, they're paying their rent on time. For doing what they're supposed to do, there's a chance they can win something cool. Absolutely. Have you noticed any benefit as a result of including local businesses in your marketing approach? It's probably just something I haven't noticed, but this area is such an awesome place to have a small business and and to have a local business. So it's just being part of the community. That was another really important piece of starting the company is I wanted to be an active, supportive part of this amazing community and culture that we have down here. So I think it's just, we kind of rub each other's backs. Some of our clients are business owners in the area. Some of our tenants are business owners in the area. So it's just nice to keep it local when you can. The renewal gifts, how do you determine how much that gift is and what do you give them? So it's pretty standard. It's a another $20 gift card to a local ice cream shop here in downtown Durham. And it just says, basically, thanks again for renewing. We're so excited to have you enjoy an ice cream out on us. Usually $20 should get you the fancy ice cream. So it should get you two <laughs> ice cream cones. But a lot of our renewals are happening in the summer. So again, it was just kind of a fun thing to do in the summer months. And you have over 1,000 properties that you're managing. If let's say, I don't know, let's say you get 75% of those residents renewing, then you're investing $15,000 in that local ice cream shop for these renewals. So do you have some sort of deal negotiated with them where you save some money on these gift cards? You know, I don't, but I should. <laughs> that local ice cream actually, store owner is going to hate me. <laughs> we're keeping them a business. Yeah, exactly. No, actually, we're, again, so this is five years old. When I started, it was me working at my house with nothing, no brand recognition, nothing. I literally started from the ground up with this thing. So the renewal gifts, those have kind of come along over time. Mm -hmm. And that was actually something that we developed last year. So it wasn't something we've always done. So it's only a year old, but you're right. I should be talking to this ice cream shop about (laughs) getting some sort of discount. Don't don't tell him or her that I told, you know, mention this because I don't want to be on their bad list. Let's talk about the differences in managing a 20-unit versus a single-family house because you started out doing single-family homes and you have a 20-unit in your portfolio that you manage. That's accurate, yes? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. What is the difference 
between managing the single family and the 20 unit? And how did you evolve your team in the process to be able to do that? Obviously, or maybe not obviously, but managing a 20 unit apartment complex, that's going to be, it's it's a small building. Chances are the layouts and the floor plans are exactly the same. So there's going to be less work as far as producing marketing and remembering paint colors and all of that. It's going to be a little bit easier because it's in bulk. And generally those clients pay a little bit less in management fees, but it's really not that much different in in anything else. I mean, the way that we structure it, some of our agents have, they work for maybe two or three clients. So we've got a couple people at our company that really love multifamily. They've come from that the apartment complex world. And so they're just bringing that expertise and they're working with those kinds of clients. So we have other people that really love working with the investor that's just getting started and they're buying a single family home this year and a town home next year and all of that. But the way that we approach it really is just, we try to do everything in batches. So even if it is 20 single family homes versus one building with 20 units, we're still really trying to do batches and, and kind of keeping them as like a portfolio, right? So if we're doing inspections, we're going to inspect either that one building with the 20 units and we're going to inspect those 20 homes at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that really answers your question, but we yeah, try yeah. to kind of make the single family homes into sort of like the multifamily, just with a little bit more drive time in between. But the way that our agents are set up too, is when you start as a property manager with Acorn and Oak, you're kind of given a territory. So the idea is that and that usually that territory is pretty close to where you live. So the idea is that you're not having to drive from Raleigh to Durham and to Chapel Hill. Really, the idea would be let's condense your territory into maybe a five to 10 minute drive from your house so that you can easily serve these tenants in these properties and these clients. So for a best ever listener who's got a 20, 25 unit, maybe a 30 unit that they are looking to purchase, would you say it does not matter if the property management company currently does apartment buildings and they're only doing single family homes? I think it can be done, but I think it helps to have a company like ours that has the experience from both sides. So with the multifamily that we're doing right now, we're doing things different. And there's also a whole side for like CapEx repairs. There's a whole side for budgeting and specific reports because it's just a little bit different. So I would say that it's not necessarily a deal breaker. I would always hire a property manager based on their personality and how you all mesh together. That's me personally. I would choose just getting along with someone, having the same ideas and philosophies and how you want to run that property is going to be more important than their experience because I think the experience kind of goes both ways. If you did multifamily, you can learn how to do a single family residential home and vice versa. But Acorn and Oak, you don't have to choose. You get both. You get get the great personality and the great service and all of the expertise, but maybe in other markets. I would say that I'd probably go for the, again, just kind of how do I feel about this person? But I'm kind of a gut person. So. Yep. Makes sense. In terms of the student housing, Last question, I was kind of leading you, but I shouldn't have because then you said basically you didn't do many different things for the single to 20. So I won't have a leading question this time. I'll just ask you, is it different with student housing versus singles versus apartments? And if it is, how so? And if not, then 
we'll move on. Oh, yeah. Student housing is definitely its own animal. And I think animal can sometimes be the right word. <laughs> you just have to have a different, you just have to have different expectations. And, and that's really any kind of real estate investing. You just have to have really good expectations on what this is going to look like. So for student housing, specifically for what we do over at UNC Chapel Hill, which go heels, some of these students are moving in August 1st. By September 24th, literally less than two months into their lease, they have to tell us that they're going to be staying for the next school year. So they're making decisions about renewals really, really quickly. It's important to start advertising those student rentals, literally. So I'm giving an example. So if someone was to move in August 1st, 2018, so their lease runs through July 31st of 2019. So by September 24th of 2018, they're telling us if they're going to be staying from August 2019 through July 2020. Wow. Yeah, they're having to make those decisions, but they're in school. Chances are they know if they like the house. Moving kind of sucks. So they usually tell us and we start advertising October 1st for 2019-2020 leases. And it's just crazy. It's a frenzy. And all the students at UNC know that's the time to advertise. So the advertising is a little bit different. There's obviously a lot more moving parts because sometimes you've got four people living together and they've all got a co-signer and maybe four groups of four people with four co-signers. So that's a lot of people. So it's different in that way. And then the expectations are they're going to leave couches at the curb. They're going to leave trash in the house. Houses are definitely going to need a deep clean when they move out. I've had great tenants, though, and I'll say I was like a pretty mature undergrad, so I'm not saying all undergrads are this way, but we've also had tenants that have had mayonnaise fights on their way out, <laughs> and now there's grease stains all over the wall, so you have to expect that a mayonnaise fight might happen, and just be prepared that we're going to have to kill this place now, but that's why we have a nice deposit as well for these student rentals. So, And my in the and house, what? go ahead. <laughs> Did you? Well, I was going to say, too, a lot of times, too, you have to understand that specifically UNC Chapel Hill, you can live off campus, I believe, as soon as you're a freshman. So a lot of these people are going from living with their family to being out on their own, and they have no idea what an air filter is or a water filter (laughs) or a lint filter. And I was asking myself, I'm like, when did I learn about air filters? I don't know. But there was a time in my life when I learned about air filters. And so it's really kind of like taking these kids under your wing, too, and showing them how to live alone in a house without their parents. So <laughs> that's why a good property manager takes that off your plate so we can be the den mother. Many unique challenges there, that's for sure. When you're talking about the mess, the mayonnaise fights, I never had a mayonnaise fight, but in college we rented a house and it was in Lubbock, Texas. It was like $200 each of us, and there are two of us, so like 400 bucks. And we had a wraparound couch we found on the side of the road. And since there's a wrap around, it wrapped around in a corner. So there's a little, the corner, there's a little open spot behind the couch, in between the couch and the wall. And we would just throw our empty beer cans in that corner instead of taking the trash can. And so and I. And this is not unheard of. Yeah. Uh, good, good. I, I, I appreciate you backing me up on that one. <laughs> so. And I, well, I hope that in, in my title on your podcast website, it says something about mayonnaise fights because we really want you know people <laughs> to click and listen. Like, what is that's she right. talking about? That's right. That's right. Student rentals and mayonnaise fights. Want to learn more? Listen to the show. Well, what <laughs> what is your best real estate investing advice ever? My best advice would be to just do it. I think a lot of people are scared 
And if you have the right property manager helping you along the way, it's really, really not that bad. And a lot of times too, we're getting clients. So we actually don't do any general brokerage. We don't help people buy or sell property. We only do property management. We want to do one thing and we want to be the best at it that we can. But we get a lot of people that contact us first. They're thinking about investing here and they want to make sure that they've got a good property manager in place before they even start looking. Because again, the property management will make or break your deal. So I would say that don't be scared, do it, educate yourself, get some advice. It's not for everybody, but I think it's for more people could do it, but I think they're a little nervous. So get educated, learn. And if you feel like it, start out with one, see how it goes, and then you'll get the bug and you'll be having 90 properties. Between single families, student rentals, and small to medium-sized apartment buildings, what has the highest profit margin for you as a management company? What do we make the most money on? Yeah. It's probably just your middle of the road, single family home. Our student rentals, they rent for a lot of money. You said you were paying $200 a month down in Lubbock, Texas. UNC Chapel Hill houses are going for $800 a bedroom. And they're not marble quartz, gold plated houses. They're basic homes, but it's all about location. So the rents are high there, but a lot of times we end up discounting our management fee for those. So for us, it's probably just the people that own the single family homes. And why would you, one at a time. why do you discount your management fee? Because it sounds like from what you described, they're much more time intensive, those student rentals. So our management fees are an initial fee, $395 and then 10% of the rent, which I don't know that I've seen anyone charge more than 10% yet. And if people have more than one single student house, yep. Again, this can be kind of pricey. So a lot of times they're kind of coming in knowing that they can get it for cheaper. And we're usually settling. Not We don't stray too far from 10. And some of our clients do pay 10. But because we know that could be a pretty large management fee, and it is a lot of work, but it's just different work. Everything's yep. It's more entertaining work. Technically work. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like it's really more entertaining. It's more of a surprise. Yes. That's yeah, some... exactly. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes. Cool. Well, first, a quick word from our best ever partners. You looking for a one-stop landlording software that helps you create listings, find and screen tenants, and accept rental payments while managing maintenance requests? Oh, by the way, it's zero cost to you. Go to tryrentler.com forward slash best ever. That's T-R-Y-R-E-N-T-L-E-R.com forward slash best ever. Adam Adams has one of the most active meetup groups in the world. I've personally been to one of his meetups and Adam packed that house with over 80 investors at lunch and another 60 on the waiting list. Find out the exact six things he did to create one of the top meetups on the planet by texting the word meetup to 555-888. Best ever book you've read? I love The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. And I think I just am sort of in love with Tim Ferriss, but I also like Tools of Titans by him. I'm reading that right now. Great book. Both of them. I completely agree. I have a quasi-man crush. Not as much as I had a quasi-one. Tony Robbins, full-fledged man crush. But Tim, quasi-man crush. I, I, I love most of the stuff Tim does and talks about. What's the best ever business deal that you've done? Either property or client transaction or something else? You know, I think when it really boils down to it, when I first started the company, again, I had very little. I had some experience working for another company, but Acorn and Oak was brand new. And I got my first client that had 30 properties 
and he totally whittled me down. But that was such a monumental point for my business. You know, am I, you always kind of wonder like, am I going to make it? Am I going to make it? How long is it going to take? And as soon as I got that client, I was like, I'm in. I'm all of a sudden legitimate and it really started to roll in after that. So he's current client and we butt heads sometimes, but at the end of the day, we actually have like legit love for one another. So I always say that he's been my best deal. What's a mistake you've made on a deal, a transaction or in business? I would say that there was a deal and it wasn't even that big of a deal, but it was a multi-unit building. And again, because I'm this fluffy person, we had a verbal contract. I felt like I did a lot of work. I did a lot of reports. I did a lot of inspections. And I thought everything was good to go. I'm used to people doing what they say they're going to do. And that's like right before the deal closed, they said, we're going to go with another company. And I felt really used, but it was a great lesson in business. Get your contract signed. <laughs> What's the best ever way you like to give back? I really enjoy, again, I haven't been a business owner for super long, but I've had, I think, quite a bit of success. And success to me isn't money, but I've had this roller coaster ride. And so I'm now in this point in my career where people are actually wanting to sit down with me and hear my story and hear the do's and don'ts. And I've really loved getting into this mentorship field, especially, like I said, Durham, North Carolina is like just a, a wonderful place to have a local business. And I'm always up for like supporting people that want to venture out on their own. So I love being in a position where people actually want my advice and being a mentor. And how can the best ever listeners get in touch with you and learn more about Acorn and Oak? So our website's a great place. There's actually a video on there as well, but that's acorn-oak.com or my email, which is michelle at acorn-oak.com. Lots of lessons learned in our conversation. I'm so grateful that we were connected and that you're on the show. One is the differences between managing single families versus small to medium-sized apartment buildings versus student housing. The unique challenges in particular with student housing, longer lead time to fill. Well, this is actually a, a pro. You have a longer lead time to fill vacancies. But then some cons, having a lot of co-signers, having a lot of people within each of the properties, and it can get messy with mayonnaise fights, as well as some ways that you have positioned a corner and oak from the ground up to be differentiated by taking that compassionate approach, hands-on, heart-led approach, as you say, and some specific things that you're doing, the refundable pet fees, welcome box with a card, monthly gift card drawings for residents who pay on time, renewal gift of 20 bucks, and then coming up a tenant appreciation happy hour with ice cream and booze. So thanks again for being on the show. Grateful you're on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. You too. Okay, bye. Adam Adams has one of the most active meetup groups in the world. I've personally been to one of his meetups, and Adam packed that house with over 80 investors at lunch and another 60 on the waiting list. Find out the exact six things he did to create one of the top meetups on the planet by texting the word MEETUP to 555 888.